One of the most pervasive stereotypes about black Americans is that of the absent black father. Experts say there's a crisis, crisis when it comes to black fathers in this country. To be a parent is to have children that you love and try and support. And black fathers experience that the same way that anyone else would. Why would you even think there was a difference? No need for fame, black fathers are legendary. Watching he got game coming from the hood, often misunderstood, but still, black fathers are necessary. Fighting the penitentiary as well as the cemetery. Only right I wrote a song made for my brothers. And whether or not you get along with your baby mothers, our babies love us, our babies need us. He just might be that black father, the baby Jesus. More precious than a stone from Sierra Leone. That's a child of a black father, the heir to the throne. Before mine and that diamond in the dirt don't come out shining, they come out muddy. Babies born bloody before the huggies and onesies. Birth from the black essence. So it's a natural for a black father to lack presence. There to provide lessons when babies ask questions. To guide them through imperfections, doubts, and transgressions. To teach a foreign language about their ancestors. To read body language, face, and hand gestures. To love their body image, hear strand textures. Learning instruments, jam sessions, and band lessons. Car seat buckle ups, teaching them box and uppercuts more to manhood than muscle ups and busting nuts more to childhood than donald duck and double dutch nothing can replace a father's love and mother's touch no need for fame black fathers are legendary watching he got game coming from the hood often misunderstood but still black fathers are necessary fighting the penitentiary as well as the cemetery only right i wrote a song made for my brothers and whether or not you get along with your baby mothers our babies love us our babies need us he just might be that black father the baby jesus let's go hey you doing guys um welcome back with us at father and wild black it's my esteemed honor and pleasure to introduce our guest this man is a beast among men a legend a myth the mr big tommy burns how's How it going <laughs> what's going on folks absolutely man that's excited thank you for uh for inviting me on man i'm excited to uh jump into what we're gonna um, this, talk about pretty today much we, what we're talking about tommy is um we've seen all that you're doing in the bay like far as the, the strongman competition and pretty much strongman is still a niche in the fitness industry and this in the strength athlete industry mm -hmm. um i've had a brief experience with the strongman novice thing one time and I learned so much, but looking at you build this platform in, in the Bay, which was nothing there, it's, it's something that we're trying to do with Black Fatherhood, it's having a safe place just to be Black fathers and, and know that we're not a monolith. Mm -hmm. And so, and every time we, like, we keep hearing these tropes, mm -hmm. so, you know, mm -hmm. where's the Black father? Hello, we're here. I'm, I'm, I'm present. I'm here. <laughs> I've been here all day and tomorrow. I'm here, believe me. So pretty much what we want to do is build a community where black fathers can talk honestly, speak their truth, and just come together and, and be mm -hmm. and, and just convene. And if you have an issue, we're here. And so I think having more representation mm -hmm. means everything. Not not having one, but just having complete, the complete narrative. Mm -hmm. And so today, I want to introduce you to uh, my brother-in-law mm -hmm. and pretty much Tone. The gift of How's gag. it going? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How you doing? Right. How you doing? And just tell the people. What's up, brother? Hey, man, I'm phenomenal. So, I'm right, really so... good, man. All is well. Go ahead, 
So just getting getting started, it's just crazy because I've talked to Tommy and we've and we've talked we talk, we've talked about this last year, like maybe five six months ago, how this was going to happen and how we were going to be so you know are we going to mm-hmm. do the pre dad thing? We're going to you know it's going to come all together and before happens before it happens we gonna get the pictures we're going to post it here and how how a black dad goes through the whole situation. That didn't happen. Stuff got hard, complicated in life. Mm-hmm. We had to make adjustments. <laughs> what I really want to talk to you today is about how. What were your thoughts about being a father, and how did they change and evolve when you got really got in the thick of it? Mm. Yeah, man. So I, I just got to play yeah. on your name as well, Wardell. Hey. I got. I just. I just picked it up when Tony said War. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. I love it, yeah. man. Wardell's always been the creative, out-the-box thinker, man. So I, I'm loving it, man. But <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So before, so my, my, I just joined this exclusive club of fatherhood uh, eight weeks ago. So my son is is now eight weeks old. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. First, first, uh, first child. Um, I mean, my wife brought into, you know, to, to the world, man, and just super excited, uh, about this, just, just this new phase of life, man. And this new journey before, you know, before I only had <laughs> yeah. a, uh, a, a theory of how fatherhood would go right based off of my previous experience. And I'm 36 years old now, but, um, you know, do everything was theory, but yeah. it's, it's oh, much definitely. different once you come into practice. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's actually been my best learning principle is that man you you learn by doing you know there's only so much book knowledge that you could get uh but once you actually get out in the real world you know you find out that you can't read about (laughs) push-ups right you can't read you can't benefit from push-ups by reading about it you have to get out and you have to do it and that's the same thing with fatherhood it's the same thing about you know learning how to run a business it's the same thing about relationships and then the greatest principle of all time, as far as marketing, as far as building, as far as anything, is that people don't care how much you know That's true. until they know how much you care, right? And so, yeah, so we when we when we talk about you know what we've been able to build out here in uh, in the Bay Area in the Northern California area with Strongman when there was no market for it. And I was literally the only athlete going, you know, up <laughs> north and down south or across the country. And now we literally have, you know, dozens and dozens of people, you know, with uh, competitions throughout all the year, you know, right here in our own backyard and now expanding to other places and all that type of stuff. Uh, you know, all of that comes out of a place of vision. Yeah. And I think vision I, 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 and fatherhood has totally. to be tied hand in so hand. So the, the crazy thing is that to actually, and this is, and this is just what, the perception of strong men pretty much prior now is changing because it's becoming a way to implement it in your life and be a better person, a better you. There's a community. There's the, the, the idea was this big, these big Viking dudes, the big, mm-hmm. they pick up crazy things. They do crazy stuff. They're foreigners. They can't. Yeah. What's, that's so crazy. But what I learned it, it's a lot of technique, a lot of skill, a lot of science. So, so what happens is, mm-hmm. just like we're doing, when they talk about the black father, they talk about the black father in a way where it's like some kind of arbitrary or some kind of out there type of thing. No, like we're a real. myth. 
<laughs> like a myth. Black father. Where is the black father? I mean, I, I, you know, we are there. We are living. We're in the thick of it. At any given moment, my daughter can run in here right now and say, Daddy, give me a snack. And I'm sorry mm-hmm. to the audience that's listening. I'm going to get up and give her a snack because I'm a father. <laughs> yeah. And so I really that's real life, always I admired you. And the funny thing about me and Tommy, we, have, we don't talk for a long time. But when we do talk about, you know, we, 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 we talk and it's like we never stop talking. That's the crazy thing. Uh, but the biggest thing was for me, when I talked to you mm-hmm. um, a couple months, a few, about four or five months ago, it was a strain because I was, I was feeling, even at the time I had friends, but they didn't have children. So when you had, when you were saying you were expecting and Tone was about to have kids, mm-hmm. I had someone to say, okay, there's more people feeling this. Because when I was, when I, when I had my daughter about um, four years ago, I was sitting there like, okay, I got this, you know, I'm not going to be like an absent father. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to, I'm going to do better. I didn't know what better meant. All, and mostly people mm-hmm. said to me was, yeah, that's a lot of money. Do what you got to do. That's what I heard from the men in my family. Do what you got to do. But in the thick mm-hmm. of it, in Corona, or when the pressure's on, you go back to your urges or what you know, what you've seen. I don't know if you, if, if you, we will notice this is, it's funny, the trite things that we say. Like my daughter said, you know, I, this is my house, right? I said, no, this is my, no, don't close the door in my house. You don't close the door. So the things that we say, I'm like, where did I get that from? Because I heard it. So mm. when, the, when the pressure's on, mm. mm-hmm. we learn less by mm-hmm. modeling. And we have a script already in place. My Whether you realize on, it or not. Yeah. You you have it there. And right now I'm reading, you know, Seven highly effective, seven Habits of a Highly Effective People again. And we, we read that before. Remember, Tommy? But what I was doing then was just going mm-hmm. through. I would read about 40%. I want the points. So I would get the points. These are the seven effective. So, but now I'm doing like the 75 mm-hmm. hard. We'll talk about, you know, I don't know if you've seen my post, but I'm doing that. I'm going through each page. And that was hitting me differently mm-hmm. as a father. Having, having vision, having a mm-hmm. mission statement, mm-hmm. not just for myself, because I'm different roles. I'm mm-hmm. Wardell. I'm a man. I'm a black man. I'm a father. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a security professional. Having a vision for my family, what do I want, and being principle centered has become that. That's it's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you you hit on a couple couple different uh, points, man, and, and super super important. Uh, you know, when it comes to. Just, just fatherhood. Let's 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 talk about the the first thing you talked about. Like, uh, and I appreciate you bringing this up because I'm I'm finding this myself mm-hmm. is that once you go to a, through a new phase of life of evolution, all of a sudden you're gonna have to find yourself figuring yeah. out how to get around those people that see it like you do. Otherwise, yeah. you'll feel alone in the process, and that's not the case. It's just like the brother Tone was saying. They're there all the time. It's just that we didn't have the vision and the foresight and experience to see it just yet, right? It was kind of like when you go from being single to in a relationship, a committed relationship, right? You can't hang around your single friends like you used to. If you got a strong, (laughs) your wife won't let you. You can't go out and and party all night. It'll be a very short relationship. 
you can't do that. And then if you when you go from being in a committed relationship into a marriage relationship, it becomes that much more important to now have friends that you both can relate to that are married people or, you know, coupled people, right? Uh, and, and for me, you know, I had never been on like yeah. uh, uh, couples vacations and trips and all that type of stuff until, you know, I got married. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a person that, that grew up taking vacations and trips and stuff in the first mm. place. <laughs> I'm from a place straight called Flint, Michigan, man. Straight from the hood, straight from, you know what I mean? Straight, straight from it, man. Out, out of there, right? And so we didn't take vacations and trips and all this type of stuff. And so now when I, when I meet this, this young lady and, and we're together for three years, and I know that, you know, through the ups, through the downs, through the thick of it, that this is the woman that I want to yeah. build life with. And she comes from a completely different background mm. of being, you know, suburban, you know, raised and, and you, know, <laughs> you know, those type of things. We have to figure out these frictions together. Right. And, and these different points of, of uh, that could have been conflict, but they end up being points of growth. Right. And so one thing that she loved to do was travel because she traveled with her family yeah. growing up. They took family vacations. They took all. And me, I'm not yeah, used I mean, to doing yeah. all that type of stuff. Right. I'm used to going out and figuring out how to work and how to move yeah. forward and how to, you know, this has been my whole life. And so it was moments of friction at those times when she was like, you know, I, I want to go, you know, vacation. I want to travel. And I'm like, Listen, I'm not ready. I don't have the money. I don't have blah, blah, blah. Right? And then all of a sudden, things started to work out because it became a place of yeah. uh, collaboration and congruency and growth yeah. instead of and just a place of conflict. Right? And so yeah. that was the first major shift in my life is that when I learned that, man, I couldn't do the things, you know, I, I not yeah. that I couldn't. I've evolved from doing the things as a man, uh, single, now as a man in a committed relationship and now a married man. And so that is honing even yeah. more now in this phase called fatherhood. So, yeah, so that's what's, what's happening. Except I've learned from those experiences instead of waiting on those experiences to like reach out to people. I've learned from that and brought that wisdom into this, this phase of life and said, okay, yeah. let me connect with the brothers that are fathers in my circle. And to be honest, it's, I feel like, and this is because me and you have we have, we all have unique experiences in this Corona because we had to actually forge for our family. You ha you had a business that took a hit from, you know, you're a personal trainer. And they say they tell you to close. I took and my and my and my, my wife mm -hmm. is a, a um a high end like executive at um, Marriott, so she was furloughed. So we're like, yo, what's we gonna do? And then mm -hmm. that baby don't care. I'm coming. You know, are you going to prepare a place for me? So, so in mm -hmm. that, at that point, it becomes, what am I going to do right now? And, and really what it is, is I got to hunt. Mm -hmm. I got to provide, I got to figure out, figure this stuff out. And then that hustle and bustle of, of the, of COVID, the COVID era, you figure out ways, but you have to sacrifice other things. So I don't have time to really internalize my feelings. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, right now, my wife is your wife mm -hmm. is pregnant. She don't have time to sit there and hold you in and massage the way you feel as a man and your insecurities. She's like, you need to, you gotta do what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. So where do I go? <coughs> yeah, yes, 
I, I, and then they'll tell you, I've always been the strong one. So right now, I need you to be strong. And shout out to black women from always holding up the black man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So when you come sure. to the, when I'm coming to sure. 2020, I'm like, you know, we're like, she's my wife becomes sick. I'm working with a company and I'm talking to CEO. They want me to come in, and all these things that come together. Then you have police brutality. So all these things I'm feeling at the same time. I'm like, yo, who do I talk to? And I was, we were just talking to Tone, and Tone had just given birth, and I think you know, his his um, my sister in law was lamenting to my wife, and pretty much because everybody says, oh, he's he, he you gotta be like mm-hmm. Wardell, you gotta be like him, or you gotta be go Wardell, go tell him to go talk to um Tone and tell him he need to listen. So I'm gonna go tell this man he need to listen to his wife, do what <laughs> wife say do. <laughs> and um and I'm like okay and then she then I I, I talked to Tony we talked we kicked it you know how we do I'm a stoic you know even if even though I went to, I'm a psychology major and I think naturally I'm just stoic in these in these moments and just learning how to be vulnerable I you know the first thing I say Tone you all right he's like yeah I'm good so we start talking about sports we start talking about MMA but I didn't go into hey what's going on I couldn't just I didn't feel comfortable just saying hey everything good with you. But as we start talking more and more, we opened up and I said, listen, it's going to suck right now. You're not going to, she's not going to like you. The baby not, might not even like you because you don't got titties. You don't got milk. She ain't got the milk. So the baby might not like mm-hmm. you right now. And right now it's new. I said, it's new. Mm-hmm. I, I never held a baby, never changed a diaper before I had a baby. And he was like the same. So I said, right now, what we're going to do is. It's rough right now. And it's rough, we can talk. So me and him, we kept talking. And we kept saying, dang, this felt good. It felt, I felt a catharsis. I felt a release. It's like we just said, whew. And for a moment, for a couple hours, mm-hmm. we could talk and we could get it, get out whatever we were feeling. And at the same time, we're hearing all these things happening with um, the Black Lives Movement. But we feel all the burden on the black father. And everyone's like, you know, you know, black men are getting this. What are black men doing? It's like, yo, we are here too. Okay. Yeah. No problem. So, so really what I'm learning here is, and, and mm-hmm. just, and just the combination is the fact that I'm 30, I just turned 36 and I'm learning to be in a place where I could be in a relationship to be a father, to understand I'm not going to, if I say I don't want to be like my father wasn't there or not be an active participant in fatherhood, I have to make, I have to learn. I have to be aware. And so it's, it's learning those things mm-hmm. and learning to say, hey, I'm mm-hmm. going to be there. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the initiative to always be there. Not so the child can not have a preconceived notion, but to make sure the child can actually be what they want to be. Mm-hmm. And to, and to, and just to be and just be their support, and so just moving forward, no matter what mm-hmm. goes on, mm-hmm. to push forward, and to push and that say, hey, I don't want to live vicariously through my children, but I want to be there. Say, hey, listen, I love you, and to lead with love. Mhm, mhm, and I, and I, I love so, so two things that come up from listening listening to that. Uh, that piece, man. So the two things are one <laughs> on the on the back of what you just shared, 
about, listen, if my daughter grow up, she yes. want to be an exotic then I, I love my daughter regardless. This is what she want to do. You know, me being who I, I am and who I have been all of my life, mm -hmm. I've been big Tommy Burns literally from, <laughs> from birth up until now. You know what I mean? I've been the, the big guy, you know, in, in my childhood and the, as a baby and and now as, you know, a pillar in the, the strongman community and even playing football back at Howard and, you know, stuff like that. I've always been big Tommy Burns. So now that I have a son, of course, everybody's like, man, he's going to be bigger than you. He's going to be, you know, he man, I know he's going to be strong. And, and every once in a while, somebody says something like, but what if you want to, like, play chess? If he don't want to, you know, lift weights and he don't want to or he don't want to play football or yeah. he don't want to, you know, do strongman. I said, that's okay. I said, if he wants to be a cheerleader, <laughs> he's going to be the strongest <laughs> yeah. damn cheerleader there is. Like, he, he, you're going you're gonna to do it with a purpose I, because that's my job, right? My job is to infuse purpose and direction. You decide what you want to do with the details. I provide yeah. the content or the, con yeah. the context, rather. You provide the content, and then I'll help you fill that content up and make it quality. Right, so if you want to be the, you want to be a strong, a chili, that's absolutely fine. I, I, I love it. But you're gonna yeah, be, you're gonna it. be the strongest that, damn chili in the damn world. I, I don't, I don't was on the I mean, there's greatness, there's greatness, and there's success in every arena. Right, that's it, and that's and that's really what it is. But that's the, yeah. that's the burden of being yeah, and, part of the black community. Greatness is defined. It's, 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 it's. There's limits to your greatness. Like for me personally, growing up. Like until probably I got to Howard and then I, you know, with prepaid legal and team platinum and stuff and start exploring other possibilities. Um, I, I, I was good at science. I was good at, you know, certain things. So I did it. My mother said, you want, you said you want to be a doctor. Now I didn't explore anything else because that's what my mother said. That was, and everyone called me Dr. Mm -hmm. Johnson. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's the script that I followed. Mm -hmm. So everything I did was in that line until mm -hmm. I start until I, I came to Howard and I saw it differently and became, hey, yeah. is this really what I wanted to do? And I realized, no, it's not really what I to do. I'm I'm more interested in business and building people. But imagine if I was mm -hmm. able to, mm -hmm. as a child, build these skills then to learn about entrepreneurship then. So even though it's delayed, you can't go back mm -hmm. moving forward. But you know now you're aware. So now, like you said, if your if your son might not might be mm -hmm. the weakest person, in physically in the in the world, but might be a genius, you know, or he might be have the he might whatever he mm -hmm. has, you can explore. So the biggest thing that's the beauty about marriage, and mm -hmm. and um, like you said, your wife, and the same thing with my wife. My wife, I didn't have. A closeness with my family. We didn't go travel. My wife's family are so close, and Tone knows. You know that our family is close. The Saint Gerard family. Mm -hmm. We're so close. It's beyond the group. The group chat is every day. And I and, and that's and that's amazing. That's not something mm -hmm. that's stereotypically black in the black American culture. She's she's from Haitian, so it's a mm -hmm. difference there. But it's a beautiful thing because I'm able to learn and grow. And then sometimes she and she's not able to understand, like yo, why you know if somebody if somebody's not doing right. this for you, if you, you should be, this is what family should be. And I always have to say, hey babe, it's different. Um, we're different. A lot of it's a lot of trauma here, a lot of stuff going on. But 
I don't know. I I I'm talking to my brother in five weeks, five, six, seven weeks. But I I never had a relationship where I talked to my siblings or talked to my parents every day. That's never been that relationship, or it's it's been. So that's something because I know that that's something I desire, and I read a book. I read it was um actually it said, mm-hmm. don't do make decisions, on now. Do you want a relationship with your kids your kids later? What what, what do you want a relationship to look like? The end result, and and mm-hmm. my, my biggest fear is for my kids mm-hmm. not to talk to me or feel like they can't talk to me, because in in my situation, mm-hmm. I feel uh, feel mm-hmm. alienated. I feel like I can say most of my family don't even know who I am <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're still on the mm-hmm. script that this is Dr. Johnson at 36. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could, could I, could I jump in there for you and, and just share something? I, I think oftentimes, you know, oftentimes we, we, we put ourselves on this road of like, uh, modeling after certain people or groups of yeah. people when it, when all of us are different, right? And so, you know, uh, so, like, for instance, I, I relate with you about not talking to my family every day. That's not something that we do. I, I used to think that it was like uh, a family dynamics issue uh, of try, like, man, my family's, but that's, that's, not, that's not necessarily true. That's just the way it is. It's, and it's also the way I operate. Right. But also it might be different with you. What you're saying might be very valid for your experience. Right. So um, what what I've learned is that oftentimes we connect with those people that are on the same road as us. Whether they be family, friends, colleagues, whatever. And whenever we get off the same road, there's a natural disconnect that happens. For some of us, our family was designed just to allow us to be born into the earth. And then that disconnect was supposed to happen because we were supposed to manifest some other things in our in our lives and in the lives of others. Right? There's, you know, there's something that I used to hold on to, you know, dearly when, when thinking about uh, my, my own upbringing. And of course, I already mentioned, you know, I'm from Flint, Michigan. I, I say that with pride, you know, because being able to make it out of Flint, Michigan. <laughs> is uh is is a is a is a task of uh, uh pride in itself but you know thinking about my own upbringing and my father and I, I i used to say all the time man all the time i used to say man I, i'm gonna do a, i'm gonna be a better father yeah. than what i experienced growing up i'm gonna be a better father right and uh, somewhere along the way man i learned that <laughs> as i was healing as I was healing literally mm-hmm. over the last maybe five to seven years, I learned to disconnect myself from that experience. And that phrase went from being a, being a better father than I experienced to just being, I'm yeah. going to be the best father I can when it's my time. And that allowed me to do some things that I had never done before, which was see oh, wow. things just from it. my father's mm-hmm. lens. And that was yeah. healing Same, yeah. for me. My mother was 14 when I was born. My father was 16 when I was born. And I started <laughs> to think instead of just being burdened down with yeah. the trauma and the drama, I started to think, what would I do as a 16-year-old mm. with a kid 
in Flint, Michigan, being from the hood. And I what I what I was able to do when I asked those questions from my subconscious came experiences that I had with my father that I never thought about in my upbringing, but actually happened. And it showed me that he actually cared for me. He actually loved me. But there were some things that happened between him and my mom and him and the family that just didn't sit that he couldn't win. And that, you know, that that caused the rift. But I can remember time once I accepted it and followed that that question of what would I do as this 16 year old man, it opened up the floodgates of some subconscious mm-hmm. memories. And then I was mm-hmm. like, ah, I live with my father from the age of three years old to four, when yeah. normally you don't remember those things, but I remember it very vividly yeah. after I opened up that jar. And I was like, I, he loved me like crazy. And we went through some yeah. experiences, kind of like the, yeah. the pursuit of happiness where we lived in shelters. And he made it as fun as possible. Like he literally did the yeah. best he that, could with what he had and what he knew. And so unfortunately, my father decided oh, wow. that he didn't want to be here anymore last year. He mm-hmm. had uh, went through a stroke uh, in December of uh, 2019. And then once COVID hit, he would normally be out, you know, going to check on my grandmother, which is his mother going to uh you know therapy stuff like that you know trying to trying to do it and he he would text me every once in a while dude i gotta i gotta get out of here like i gotta talk about getting out of flint like i gotta get out of here i'm gonna kill somebody if i don't or i'm gonna and uh we have been chatting and trying to make arrangements uh for him to do something and you know we got to may of 20 the, the end of may of 2020 and you know, I get one of those calls at, you know, yeah. three o'clock in the morning that you never want to get. And mm. they say that, you know, man, he's I not here I didn't even know anymore. that, brother. I didn't he even know that. To check I, out. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry to hear that as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so he, he decided to check out. But but I'm so glad that the healing process yeah. has started much longer before that, man, mm-hmm. because I was able yeah. to go inside and ask those questions and started, even though... I, I don't. So th- there yeah. is truth in that <laughs> he yeah. was an absent father for a good long period of yeah. time. There is truth, but that that's Context. a fact. But the truth is, this is a man that loved me, and if I was in his yeah. shoes, I probably and and, and probably couldn't have been no better. It's crazy that you say that. Like you said, you reconnected with your father recently over the time. This right before COVID hit too. Um, I um maybe two maybe in 2018, 2019. I got a, le- a letter from my father. I haven't seen in twenty some years. He's a, he lives in San, San Francisco, so it's, it's like I said, nice. nothing's by chance. But this, even this conversation. Um, but I had and mm-hmm. I, the biggest thing. I got the letter. My mother gave me the letter. I'm like, should I call him or what? You know, all these things. What can you say? What what you can't? I, and I, I finally just said, let me talk to him. I talked to him. He apologized. You know, he's, you know, he apologized. He said, Hey, I was on crack. And unfortunately, you know, that's what it was. We was at, we were at a party in the eighties and now me being myself, not being a child, I understand the eighties. We understand that the epidemic of the Mm eighties. So, so were people doing party drugs at weddings and stuff? Yes. And he said, listen, I, I was doing something. 
and got your mother on a little bit. That was me. I'm sorry. And I've, I've been clean for about 10 years. Um, I'm back in California and he started talking and I asked, you know, he was talking and he, he's back onto, you know, his religion, his Jehovah witness and everything like that. And even so I, I felt okay. And I'm saying, do I, I'm not, I'm not close. I don't really, I wouldn't call him my father, father. I'm not, he wasn't there. That's never going to change. You can't, you can't create relationship. Relationships is, mm-hmm. is like a, um, a bank. You got to make deposits. And every time, and, and if you're overdrawn for years, the trust isn't there. And so, but we started mm-hmm. talking and I started, I understood context. I understood, okay. He, he had a great, still had a great, he still, he still has a great memory. He remember, oh, I remember your mom. Oh yeah. This person did this and this, that. oh, he knew everything about DC. Had a, had a memory like like this i couldn't even believe it. he was like yeah that's right how your sister doing how this person's doing okay he's still on that side you know and we were just talking and he's just like you know i just want to let you know you know and, and it's okay you know you don't we don't gotta talk a lot you know when you call on the call you can call me i'll call you but there's some closure there to understand hey how does happen how does it become he's not he wasn't just some he wasn't just a no count person. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could have done better. He probably could have done better. He didn't do that much because at the same time, there is somebody who stopped what they're doing, came back and tried reconciliation, but it's kind of hard 20, 25 years later. So don't contact mm-hmm. him. Just like you said, the fact that you were able to re- reconcile and then yourself and say, okay, I see. And that's what I'm saying when we talking about, and this is why I don't want this podcast to be and me and Tone talk about it. I'm not trying to be the Derek Jackson of um <laughs> of black fatherhood. I'm not trying to be the dude that be like you ain't you ain't ain't shit father. You ain't you ain't a black father. You should be this. No. It's nuance. It's I want to have perspective. And I understand and the fact is this and as I'm a black man mm-hmm. and I'm a black father, I see the pull. It's hard. It's not easy. It's 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 gritty sometimes. Mm-hmm. It ain't it ain't picture perfect. I don't wanna mm-hmm. I don't want to um come come in the room and see yogurt all over the white carpet and my four year old looking at me like Yeah, mm-hmm. it's spilled, but how did this half a cup of half a quart of yogurt get all over the room if it just spilled? So now I'm getting into this bag. But then I'm learning to take a deep breath. What do you want to do? What you wanna get angry? You wanna just take over? But no, I want to. I want to have that love. I want to sit down, so I take a deep breath and say, "Hey, honey, it's okay." Because at the end of the day, I should have been here. You're four years old. I yes, I had the baby, but you you were unattended. You should have been somebody should have been watching you. So it's my fault. I'm sorry I yelled. Mm-hmm. It's just taking that accountability, mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. that piece, because it's not easy. Trust. When I got married, and I and I mm-hmm. shout out to my wife. My wife is everything. I'll tell you that right now, because even even Tommy Burns knew I was out there. I can't. I wild. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he, he can attest. He can attest. And 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 having someone to love you. <laughs> a wild boy. He was and a wild. So, <laughs> so it's just it, having that person that loves you despite you still trying to grow, giving you room to grow. And so 
and moving forward and, mm, and, and that's, that's and, and I talked to um, a lot of black women and the biggest question that I'm posing to you tone and is who's to save the black father it has to be the black father because it has to be us now it has to be it has to be a space where we can come together and say let's clean up and earlier in the year we, when Mike Tyson um, when it sat down with Boots, with Bootsy and everybody was like oh the hat box Mike Tyson is is one of the best examples of an evolved human, a black father. To go from what he was mm-hmm. to evolve personal development to mm-hmm. now say, sit down with another man, another father, and say, hold up, is this your insecurity? Why would you talk about this person's child like that? And that's what and that's what the what I want to be able this to be, mm-hmm. us to be able to be real, to be transparent. But give perspective to each other, and 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 just like you said, if if my father or your father mm-hmm. and their time, that riff, that point where it could go any way, had some had a place to to this talk, and the beautiful thing now is that men are able. It's still it's still it's still stigmatic, but we're able to have a place to speak. It's not crazy that we need a mental health a therapy, but to have a place to be safe and say hey. Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, man, I know I'm gonna mm-hmm. get out there, black women. But we, when you try to say black women aren't, no, you're strong, and you've done so much for us. And I, I hate to say that you have to hold the mantle, but we still got to we got to heal. We have to go somewhere where we can heal, then we can take on more. Um, and I, and my wife told me stuff. She said if you if you get on mm-hmm. and you talk about black women, you gonna have them on you. <laughs> but and, this, and I'm and, and that's the truth. And I said I'm not. It's not that. But I don't want comparative trauma. We are all we're the black diaspora are victims. Yeah. And I I don't want to I don't want to say my trauma in in twenty in twenty twenty in, in the cancer culture. Everybody want to be victims. My victimization is better than your victimization. We all have a place, and I wanted that to be addressed. It needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great start. Um. I love your perspective and the mm-hmm. way the way the way you grow. I've seen your growth. And then, and a lot of times we see as men, we see people, oh, I see you, but we don't tell them, "Hey, good job, brother. You keep it up." You know? And so mm-hmm. I mean, I applaud you. I applaud mm-hmm. your growth as a man, as an entrepreneur, and as a father. Um one I thing I did want to kind of ask you guys. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, brother. Um um, I did want to ask you guys because I, if, if you listen to you know you guys' stories, um, we all have like a similar background. Like you know, growing up, our fathers weren't the best, but then as we got older, you know, we start growing and we put ourselves in their shoes, mm-hmm. learning you know what they would have to do in their scenario at that time during that that era. We all took that piece. And then applied that to ourselves once we had our own children. And, uh, you know, just just taking a look at, you know, listening to you guys' stories. And War, I know you very closely. And hearing um, uh, Big Tommy Burns' story, it, it's, it shows like that we do have a lot in common. And we do have a lot of issues as far as that go- growing up that we 
had to kind of deal with on our own, which kind of feels like these conversations are, are legitimate. It's not just, you know, this person's going through it in a bubble and he just needs to deal with it by himself. It's kind of like we all have our own our own issues that are different, but at the same time, there are certain nuances like that Wardell talked about that we all go through as men, as as fathers, as black fathers, that we, you know, give, we need to give our, uh, a space to just talk about it, you know, like, that's one thing we'll say about black women you, you're not gonna come for them because mm-hmm. they stick together black men need to feel like we can do for that each other as well you know it, we're not just gonna mm-hmm. let you just say whatever <laughs> but yeah. you we, you know we just give you a space to just you know be and mm-hmm. grow and go from there and, and I appreciate and that and there are times where and this is for any, mm-hmm. black, any father out there at times where you feel overwhelmed you were able to, you can reach out to us you can sit we'll have a link you can Leave a voicemail. You can reach us in an email if you have any questions. Because in the, the day, this is a community that we're building. We're not some. I, I, I'm. We're passionate about black fatherhood, and we want it to be normalized that you could be a father in the home or out the home. I know fathers that Facetime their kids good night every night. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's just understanding. Mm-hmm. And as we go on, I know you've seen the, the video I sent you. The biggest, the big thing is that fathers, because bad children are born out of wedlock, they're not fathers. That's that's a misnomer. And, and understanding that our fatherhood, mm-hmm. black fatherhood is something that's diverse, complex, and nuanced. So don't just simplify it and say, black fathers don't want to mm-hmm. be fathers, they just want to be out there. We don't want to be out there. Black men want to be fathers, the black men want to be husbands, black men want to be everything that anyone else wants to be. And, and and that educated people, especially mm-hmm. as, um, you know, mm-hmm. went to Howard and shot up vices all day, Howard all day. You know, and that's you always will know. Hey, that's you. one thing I, 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 I told Tone. I told Tone. I said, "What you going to know about me is Howard is one of the biggest things that has changed my life." And when I was there, I didn't fully appreciate it. Meaning, it had to. It had it, you. Yeah, when you mm. when you step out of that room, here, every class is saying you are great, you come for greatness, and then even even when you go to classes that talk about the disparity, like Doctor Harrell, he said de- decontextualize disparities. Mm. Come on, man! Oh, yeah. At Howard, they would show you this. They would say, "Hey, I know yeah. you see this, but you see a picture. But who who created the picture? You don't see context." So you mm-hmm. see in the in the hood mm-hmm. before it's gentrified, you see nothing but trash. But then you go to the downtown northwest, and you see now it's white people. It's clean. So this this being a person that's a mm-hmm. lay person, I see differences. I don't want to be that way. So just understanding nuance and and as we explore mm-hmm. this thing, it's very complex, and we definitely want to have you back on because you have a perspective that's nuanced and it's something that's the world needs to hear and we want to collaborate we want to actually mm-hmm. always support each other so entrepreneurs and everything like that we want to support you all so this is a platform for black fathers anyone who's trying to support the mm-hmm. change the narrative of black fatherhood if you want to join the hood we're right here for you because fatherhood mm-hmm. is a real thing i tell my wife every day it's the hardest and easiest thing i've ever done in my life but know that it's the hardest and the easiest Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it's uh that so one i appreciate uh, again being invited to uh to come and share this time and this space uh with you all i appreciate the language that you're using too i've heard you use the word safe at least five times as we've been on here for almost an hour here now and and that's what has to happen uh you won't be able to build anything genuinely authentically and organically without safety and that's what i learned from my personal life that's what i've learned from my professional life and that's now what i instill into the community in which which we're growing right now and uh here's the last couple of things I, i'll leave i have three things for you two of them are story one of them is just a point of view men are the foundation of the world foundation when i say foundation i don't mean that you have to be seen you have to be you know the, the most liked or the most visible but you are when you think of a foundation of a building the foundation is at the bottom of the building the foundation is the strongest thing on a building right it's not the most fancy it's not the most beautiful it don't have the greatest you know window panes and stained glass and the beautiful shingles on it right it don't have marble all but it, it, a building could be worth a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> Here's a story. There was a there's a building in San Francisco that was being built for a uh, not a startup company, but for a uh, for an internet company, huge huge company. And man, they poured all this money into this building. It was the tallest building in San Francisco, and it was it it might mean it was immaculately built. But once they start to finish up. The building, what they learned is that the way that it was built, that when certain things happen, the building shift and it rocked. And, and and people were paying top dollar to live in a one bed. I mean, people were paying literally seven to ten thousand dollars a month to live in a mm -hmm. one bedroom apartment in this building because it was the hottest building, you know, in the country, right? And and nobody could move in. Why? Because they learned there was a problem with the foundation. If there's a, no matter how much a building costs, no matter how beautiful the windows are, no matter how much, you know, the marble costs inside of the, the building with the floors, no matter how valuable the roof is, if the city finds a crack in the foundation, one small crack, mm. they call that building condemned and nobody could exist inside of it. Meaning everybody has to leave until yep. yeah. we reset the foundation. And so us as men, we are the foundation. And until yeah. the cracks are rectified in a foundation, yeah. The world won't pull together. There was a father and a son. The father was busy doing his work. He's on his laptop. He's getting work done. And his son, three or four years old, runs mm -hmm. up to him and said, Daddy, Daddy, can you play with me? Can you play with me? And he says, not, not yet, son. I, I'm, not, I'm still busy. I'm still working. I'm still working. So the son goes off and do his thing. And then about five minutes later, the son comes up. Daddy, Daddy, can you play with me? Can you play with me? And he said, not, not, yet, not yet, son. I'm still busy. I'm still working. So then 
he tears this newspaper. He finds the newspaper. He tears it apart. He gives it to his son, and it's of a globe of the earth. And he says, son, do me a favor. You know how we do with puzzle pieces? Go put this puzzle together. And so he was anticipating that his son was going to take a long time to put the world back together again, put the globe back together again. And the son comes back within about five minutes. And he said, Daddy, Daddy, I put I I, I put the puzzle back together. <laughs> and he said, no, you didn't. You, he said, you couldn't possibly put it together that fast. He said, look, come look. He goes with his father and he looks down at the paper. And it was all back together again in the right places. And his father was perplexed. He said, he said, son. How did you put this together so fast? He said, Daddy, there was a man on the back of the paper. And so to put the world together, I put the man mm, together. That's deep. In order to put the world together, we mm -hmm. must put the man together. Right? Last story, and I'm done. There was a study done over by, it was the National Geographic. The National Geographic noticed in Africa that there was all these carcasses that were being left out on the road. So they knew that it wasn't mm -hmm. poachers that was killing these rhinoceros and these other animals, right? And so they sent cameras out and set cameras up to find out what was going on. And they found that there was a large young bull elephant that were just really destroying everything that he came in contact with because he saw it as a threat. And so what happened is they had to go back into this story and learn that this was one of the young elephants that had been left out in a while because all the adult elephants had oh, been killed wow. mm. for poachers mm. and ivory and all that type of stuff. And the young bull elephant grew up in an environment all on his own. And he eventually became the biggest and the strongest, and he let everybody know it. And so the only way that they could figure out what to do, some people theorized, like, what could we do? We can't teach him. We don't want to kill him. We, what? And so they end up bringing in the big brother. And the big brother wasn't related to this young bull elephant. They took this Asian elephant that was bigger, that was stronger, that was older than the bull elephant and brought him over to Africa inside of his domain. And literally within weeks, they noticed that there was no more killings. And in fact, what ends up happening is the young bull elephant started mm. to curve his, uh, yes. the way he operates yeah. to that of the yeah. big Asian elephant. Why? Because there was somebody not bigger and stronger, not more intimidating, but no there was way. somebody yep. there to show him the way. And so this is for any brothers out there, any, even any sisters out there that might be listening, that if if you, there's time periods when we all feel strong and when we don't feel strong. If you don't feel like you're strong enough to be that example, to be the big brother, to be the big elephant in your child's life or in other people's lives that you care about, do your best to reach out in your community and get them around the big elephant. There's somebody in your community that's there to be the foundation. That's there to be the big elephant. And that's there yeah. to be the man that can help that's put the I world back that. together again. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. That's right, great, well. brother. I definitely, um, I definitely don't want to um, 
keep you too long. I know you're a busy man. You're a father. I hit my babies up now. So I definitely don't want to keep you long, but definitely want you to shout out. Um, definitely want to support um, the Beasts of the Bay in any way we can. Be affiliated to the movement. Anything we can do on our platform, oh, thanks, and we can we can link you and anybody that has in, in that area that wants to try out your, your your programs, we can send them your way. But the crazy thing to understand right now, today, right now at this time, um, for for, uh, for almost five p.m. Um, Eastern Standard, we have three three fathers, three pretty pretty much new fathers, from one from New York, one from Maryland, and one from the, the Bay. That's crazy, and that's and that's where stuff starts, and that's what, so so that right there. Uh-huh. So anybody out there, um, keep coming, keep tuning into us. We're, we're gonna keep working with you. Hopefully, we have you come back on here, and and, and we can see how it's going, and how we can really craft something for putting putting the fixing the cracks and helping these young bulls because. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, uh, we got to think what I what the, the, the trauma that we had was because that person didn't have the language, didn't have the they didn't know how, so letting people know how, and that you're going to feel certain things, and like mm-hmm. you're going to feel that you don't, and sometimes you feel like you're not bonding with your especially a newborn because they don't want you, they might want the mom because you have the milk, so just those little inconsistencies, mm-hmm. you're going to you and the mm-hmm. missus not gonna get along this time, sleep deprivation. So you understand, we mm-hmm. just want to let them know your voices mm-hmm. matter and what you're feeling is valid and let us help you. We're here to help you. Don't need to throw it in the towel. So thank you so much, Tommy Burns. We really appreciate thank you, Thank you, brother. Really appreciate uh, everything it. that you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Shout out to the Beast of the okay. Bay Strength yeah. Movement community, the Strongman Club community. And uh, you guys can find me at any of the social platforms at Big Tommy right. Burns. Definitely. All right. Till next time, fellas. All right, brother. No problem. All right, fellas. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate All right. you. All right.